Welcome back to rcspirituality.org's podcast. I'm Father John Bartunek. In this time of uncertainty, I'm sure all of us have uh, been touched in one way or another by the consequences of the coronavirus pandemic. Maybe we've lost a loved one already, someone we care about, maybe someone's suffering. We're all isolated and, and uncertain. In this time of uncertainty, we want to assure you of our prayers. And we also want to remind you that one thing that is certain is that God is still reaching out to each one of us, calling, out, calling, calling us to, to love Him, to learn to love Him, to love Him in the midst uh, of the suffering which comes necessarily in a fallen world. As part of that, we're going to try and produce a few more audio podcasts during this time, and we're going to begin uh, with a chapter from Spring Meditations, which is a book I wrote a few years ago, published by Liguri Press. Uh, some of you may be familiar with it. It's still available for purchase in ebook form or in physical book form from Liguri Press. Uh, I'm going to read the introduction and then share the first, uh, the first chapter, uh, which is on hope. So hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Spring Meditations Introduction We don't need scientific studies to tell us that today's culture is out of touch with nature, even though plenty of such studies exist. Not only does our world have various social pockets engaged in industrial activities that have alarming effects on the environment, but also few of us postmodern people are able to live our lives in harmony with the natural rhythms of the earth. In fact, we tend to ignore them, whether consciously or not. We can make day seem like night and night seem like day. We can make winter feel like summer and summer feel like winter. We can travel from the tropics to the tundra in less than a day, from the mountains to the sea in an afternoon. We can find whatever fruit or vegetable we want in our local grocery store regardless of the season. In short, our natural environment has become a kind of add-on to our lives. We feel the pangs of weather changes and the panic of natural disasters, but our day-to-day -day lives, our month-to-month -month lives, our year-to-year -year lives have, in general, gotten out of sync with the natural rhythms of the earth we were created to inhabit. This causes problems. As humans, we are meant to unfold our lives in harmony with the natural world. The seasons, the processes of nature, the rhythms of this world, our world, were created out of love and given to us as a home. They have something to tell us about our deeper identity, the purpose of our life, the way to fully live life. By cutting us off from direct, regular, and necessary contact with this natural environment, our technology-laden culture is threatening to sever an ancient and irreplaceable link to authentic wisdom. A needed return to natural wisdom. The bite-sized meditations in this first of four books dedicated to the natural seasons will provide you with some space to remember and reconnect with this essential dimension of your humanity. That, by the way, is what we mean by meditation, giving yourself the time and space, both physically and psychologically, to reflect calmly but deeply on important spiritual values. It is our sincere hope that by doing so, you will experience a spiritual and emotional revitalization. You will be able to escape from the ceaseless, inhuman, digitized grind of life and regain some balance. Not that you aren't spiritual now, but even though you have hope, courage, faith, and love, you still feel a hunger to have more, a deeper faith, a more vibrant hope, a more dynamic courage. That's one of the great things about spiritual values. They can always keep growing. Avoiding the rush. This volume only contains 12 meditations, one per week of the season. 
but at the end of each meditation, you will find some suggested activities to help you absorb the nourishing truths the meditation explained, the making-it-your-own sections. A good way to make use of this book is to read a meditation at the beginning of the week, underlining, highlighting, and writing in the margins as you reflect on what you read. Then, for the rest of the week, take time each day to review your highlights and to put into practice one of the suggested activities. Following that method will assure that whatever good ideas you find as you read will have sufficient time and space to seep from your mind into your heart and your spirit, fostering personal renewal. Getting Personal These meditations contain many personal anecdotes that I think help illustrate my points. I also hope that making myself vulnerable in this way will encourage you to reflect on the richness of your own life experience, to find the lessons, the nuggets of wisdom that God in his generous providence always offers to you. May this small volume of simple meditations on the season of spring be a window through which you can discover once again what Gerard Manley Hopkins called in his famous poem, God's Grandeur, the dearest freshness deep down things that have always nourished what is best in the human spirit. Chapter 1. Hope. Winter was harsh. Cold and deadening, stormy and aggressive. It tried, so it seemed, to do away with any possibility of spring. It does that every year. Every winter grips the earth with a freezing grasp until nature is little more than a brittle skeleton coated with ice and dripping with icicles and frozen beyond breath. And yet, spring always comes. Winter never wins the final battle. The cold, seemingly lifeless limbs outlast the ice. The warmer sun melts the freezing grip and calls forth the hidden breath while new life begins to stir. New life. An old saying reminds us that where there is life, there is hope. But isn't it also true that where there is hope, there is life? Hope feeds on the past and nourishes the future. In the midst of even the longest winter, we can look forward to spring because the past has taught us that spring always comes. Life is more powerful than death because life is a gift from God who is love and love is eternal. A hopeful person is a hope-filled person. This is one of the lessons spring teaches us. After the death of winter comes the resurrection of spring. Nature revels in resurrection, and it encourages us to hope. Just like winter giving way to spring's irrepressible vitality, our moral and emotional winters fade and are transformed by the risen Lord. When I was working in Chicago before joining the seminary, I used to travel by train. You can get pretty much anywhere in that city using the train system, if you're willing. I used to like the longer train rides in the off hours, when there was enough room to actually take a seat. I preferred the window seats. I would gaze at the city passing by while I made my way to wherever I intended to go. I coveted time to think, reflect, and pray during those days, because I could hear God's call reverberating in my heart. But life was so noisy that I would often lose track of that call. Long train rides with a window seat would help the noise fall away and give me a chance to listen to God's voice whispering in my soul. I would see many beautiful things on those rides. The amazing architecture of the city, the gorgeous shore and horizon of Lake Michigan, the bustle of a young population eager to work hard and get ahead. One image from those trips has stuck with me 
more than any other. But it's not what most people would call beautiful, at least not at first glance. The train was speeding through a poverty-stricken, dilapidated section of the city, with boarded-up stores, burnt-out buildings, and collapsing houses pockmarking the landscape. I felt the melancholy. I felt the weight of the sadness. It was heavy, very heavy. I wasn't catching even a whiff of hope. Then the train slowed and came to a stop, and I found myself looking at an empty parking lot surrounded by a precariously leaning fence. The asphalt was cracked, and broken pieces of the asphalt were piled up like rubble after a bombing. Because the train had stopped, I had a chance for more than a quick glance. As I continued to gaze at the empty lot, I saw more than just rubble and failure. In the cracks of the asphalt, lush green grass and brightly colored wildflowers were bursting up toward the sky. Ivy and flowers with many colors were climbing joyfully along the leaning fence. A flowering shrub rejoiced in the corner, blissfully unaware of its dire need for pruning. Here was new life. Here were living creatures that hadn't been told that this neighborhood was dead and hopeless. Amidst the angry, broken blacktop and the rusty links of the hapless fence, a cheery grin winked out at me. Life wins. Hope fails not. Love is the deepest core of all things and will always find a way to sing out anew from the darkest, coldest winter, to grow and blossom in the cracks of the pavement. One of my favorite saint stories comes from third century Rome, where Deacon St. Lawrence was the Pope's right-hand man in charge of the local church's finances and of taking care of the poor. It was one of those periods in history when Christians were being persecuted for refusing to worship the false gods of a tyrannical state. Rome's governor arrested the Pope and some other churchmen, condemning them to execution for treason against the Roman deities. He had heard that St. Lawrence was in charge of the treasury, so when questioning the deacon, he asked about the riches of the church. Lawrence agreed to hand those riches over, but asked for a few days to gather them together. During that time, He sold the church's assets and gave them to the city's poor. When he returned to the governor, he brought along homeless and ill beggars. He announced to the governor, Behold the treasures of the church. The governor was furious and sentenced Lawrence to be grilled to death over a bed of hot coals. While Lawrence was in prison the night before his execution, he was full of energy, of joy. He stayed awake praying and sang hymns of praise to the Lord. His guard couldn't understand it. Finally, he approached the prisoner and asked him why he was so overjoyed when his execution was merely hours away. St. Lawrence looked him in the eye and smiled, telling him what he was looking forward to, eternal life with God in heaven, seeing the Creator face to face, an everlasting embrace of love with the origin of all that was good in the world. Thus began a long conversation about the gospel at the end of which the guard asked to be baptized. He also became a saint and a martyr, just like Lawrence. He is known as Saint Romanus. Lawrence was a human spring filled with hope. This hope gave him strength to resist the most powerful worldly authorities. It gave him purpose and sharpened his wits. It overflowed into energy and enthusiasm, even when it required him to give up all the possibilities of life on earth in order to be faithful to his friendship with God. 
It made him a light in the darkness, a tender but riveting blossom sprouting from the cold and wintry stones of a prison cell. Do you want to be a hopeful person? I do. Certain days I feel the vitality of hope coursing through my veins. Other days it seems my veins are still and lifeless. Discouragement and frustration grip my heart with a freezing grasp. But when that happens, I know what to do. Our souls aren't merely natural. They are spiritual. We don't have to wait for spring to feel the warmth of hope. We have the capacity to remember the springs that have passed and to contemplate the sureness of the springs to come. That thought can bring spring to our minds and hearts whenever we need it. Even when we find ourselves in a prison, condemned, rejected, humiliated, with nothing left for us on earth, even then we can hope. Making it your own. Choose one sentence from this chapter that really resonated in your heart, or compose a one-sentence summary. Write it on a sticky note. Put it where you will see it throughout the week. Let it become a reminder of the truth that winter never wins. Many people criticize religious faith because they don't understand why there is so much evil and suffering in the world. But the deeper mystery, the harder question, is to fathom why there is so much good and beauty in the world. Take five minutes each day this week to write down the good things that have come to you in life. Describe them in detail. Think about them. Let the past feed your hope. What types of activities feed your hope? Maybe going for a bike ride or a walk seems to refresh you. Maybe reading children's stories or good fiction seems to encourage you. Maybe taking quiet time to pray in a beautiful church or chapel strengthens you. Identify your top three hope-feeding activities and do each one of them at least once this week. What types of activities tend to drain your hope? Maybe watching the news makes you feel negative and pessimistic. Maybe spending too much time online makes you feel distracted and stressed. Maybe there are some relationships in your life that bring you down instead of building you up. What can you do about these hope drainers? Jesus rose from the dead during spring. How often do you think about his resurrection? What does it really mean for you? Take time this week to get out your Bible and go to the end of any of the four Gospels to read the narration of Christ's resurrection. Read it slowly and thoughtfully. Underline phrases that resonate in your heart and maybe even memorize one of them. Let God's word touch your soul. Who do you know who seems to be a hope-filled person? Take time to visit with that person this week. Ask where the person's hope comes from and what it means for him or her. Children are naturally the spring of the human family. They are the new life. Find a way to let the wisdom of a child's innocence and hope warm your heart too. Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. I'm Father John Bartunek. Thank you for listening to rcspirituality.org's podcast. Hope you liked this first chapter of Spring Meditations, a book I wrote a couple years ago, still available from Liguri Press uh, in ebook format and uh, in print format. In the coming weeks, we'll go through each of the 12 chapters just to keep you reflecting on how God speaks to us through the natural seasons, especially this season of spring. Visit rcspirituality.org to find a link to the book Spring Meditations and to find many other resources that can help you keep growing and keep journeying along in your path to become the complete Christian that God created you to be. God bless you.